Hello and welcome to this vidcast, which is devoted to two external growth operations in the industry of call centers and other digital marketing services to corporations. The perfectly legitimate question will be about the value which is created or destroyed by these operations. During the last 12 months, two operations have been announced. The first one is the acquisition of WebHelp by Concentrix for an amount, a total amount, enterprise value of $4.8 billion. The second acquisition is performed by Teleperformance, which acquires MajorHell for 3 billion euros. Not exactly the same value, but the same order of magnitude. Same sector as well. Business services, digital services, marketing, call centers. What does it mean, call centers? It means that there are operators who are giving or receiving inbound, outbound calls for existing customers and future and potential customers as well. It's about support, it's about prospects, and so on and so forth. So roughly the same price, the same industry, and unfortunately the same negative capital market reaction. Let's start with the Concentrix Web Help acquisition. It's announced in March 2023, and the company says we want to create a diversified global customer experience leader. When we look at the economics of this deal, it looks fairly reasonable. The transaction value, the enterprise value, is $4.8 billion. It's going to be paid in cash, stock, notes payable. We are going to discuss that in a minute. And WebHelp is supposedly generating about half a billion dollars of adjusted EBITDA, adjusted for stock-based compensation and amortization of some intangibles. 500 million of adjusted EBITDA for a transaction value of almost 5 billion dollars, it means an enterprise value which represents a little bit less than 10 years of EBITDA. It's reasonably high for this kind of deal, but it's still within reasonable limit. Interestingly, WebHelp had been acquired in 2015, so some years ago. The sales figure was quite lower than the one today. It was about 725 million euros. At that time, the company had been acquired for a multiple of EBITDA of 10, and the total value was a billion euros. So the EBITDA was 100 million euros. Today it's 500 million dollars, but the multiple is the same. So it looks quite reasonable in terms of transaction price. Once we have looked at the price of the transaction, let's have a look at the financing. It's a combination of cash, stock, and notes. First, the WebHelp shareholders are going to receive 14.9 million shares of Concentrix. So at the end of the day, 22% of the Concentrix plus WebHelp group are going to be owned by the former WebHelp shareholders. At a stock price of $121 per share, the date is announced, the 14.9 million shares represent about $1.8 billion. Well, today it's a bit less because stock price is no more $121, it's down to $97. The second part is upfront cash for half a billion euros. At that time, a euro is worth $1.08. So it's a bit more than $500 million. And 700 million euros in deferred cash. Notes payable at the end in two years' time with a 2% annual interest. 700 million euros, it's a bit more 
than $700 million. And if you combine these two, you get about $1.3 billion. So basically, you have $1.8 billion in stocks, $1.3 in cash. But the sum of these two represents 3.1, not 4.8. And the reason is that now the company is going to integrate the former debt of WebHelp, which represents about $1.7 billion. So at the end of the day, $1.8 billion is going to be the equity increase. But 1.3 plus 1.7 is going to be the increase in the debt of the company of Concentrix as a group, which is quite significant. Now, interestingly, what will be the financial structure of the company at the end of 2023? Estimated EBITDA, you remember, 500 million plus the 1.1 billion for Concentrix standing alone. It's about 1.6 billion dollars. That's quite interesting because it means that WebHelp represents about one-third, 30% of the total EBITDA generated by the consolidated group. So it's quite an interesting and important transaction for the group. So at the end of 2023, the balance sheet of Concentrix plus WebHelp will show a total debt of about $5.1 billion, including the 33.1 additional debt consequence of the transaction of the acquisition of WebHelp. So if you add about $3 billion of debt, when the additional EBITDA represents $500 million, it means that the incremental debt is about six times the incremental EBITDA, which is quite high in terms of financing. The good news is that it's not going to negatively affect the rating of Concentrix. Fitch Rating, their rating agency, which is in charge of estimating the priority of deferred of Concentrix, will declare that Triple B will be stable outlook stable in terms of rating for Concentrix, which is quite good news because it means that the probability of default remains quite low. It's good credit quality. You're not that far from double B+, which is another story, but it's still quite okay. A few comments on this operation. Of course, the price looks a little bit high, a little bit tight in terms of multiple but it seems to be within reasonable between quotes limits. The debt financing is a bit more challenging because it represents more than 60% of the enterprise value which you are going to integrate in your accounts. As a consequence, there's quite a lot of debt in the post acquisition financial structure. But Fitch looks quite confident about the future of the company, maintains a triple B rating, which is okay, even though you are two levels, two notches away from speculative grade, which is an extremely dangerous situation. So the price is okay, the financing is a bit tight, and the market is absolutely dissatisfied by this operation. If you look at the evolution of the stock price of the company in the last two years, you observe that there are two periods. The first period, which is from two years ago up to the moment the deal is announced is, well, basically, the stock price is more or less following the NASDAQ index. And then there's a split. From March 2023 up to today, the NASDAQ is going to go up by 20%, and concentric stock price is going to drop by 25 30% 
a little bit of recovery these last days. But definitely the market is absolutely unhappy with this deal. Let's move to the second deal. Teleperformance wants to create a, a giant in the world of customer experience as a consequence of the acquisition of Majorel. If we try to calculate kind of multiple EBDA multiple of the enterprise value, we look at the operating EBDA kind of adjusted EBDA of Majorel during the first half of 2023, about 170 something million euros. You multiply by two for the end of the year and you get 350 million. It's a multiple of 8.6 compared with the acquisition of 3 billion. So 8.6 is about 9, it's not that far from 10, so basically it's the same order of magnitude. The financing is predominantly shares. Basically the payment will be at the seller's choice in cash, 30 euros per share, or in shares. In shares, it means that there is a conversion rate. So for each and every Majorel share, you're going to receive 0.1382 teleperformance shares. And there's a limit of 1 billion euros of new teleperformance shares issued because teleperformance does not want to be diluted by the deal. The deal is going to be a success, obviously, because the main shareholders hold 79% of Majorel's shares, so there's no doubt that it's going to be a success. They are going to receive teleperformance shares, and at the end of the day, the share exchange is significantly more than the debt issuance in the financing. Very, very prudent financing. A few comments for this second operation. Comparable price, comparable multiple for web help and Majorel operations. But for the second operation, which is about Majorel, very limited, conservative, and prudent debt financing. Still, the market is absolutely not happy with this deal. If you look at the evolution of the stock price of Teleperformance against the CAC 40, which is a stock market index where the company is listed, you observe that there is a perfect, reasonably good correlation from two years ago up to a first moment where there is an announcement which is accusations of violation of labor law and extremely poor working conditions in Latin American operations of teleperformance. The consequence is going to be quite dramatic and the stock price is going to immediately drop by about 30%. Then there will be a recovery. There will be a second drop because the market is a bit worried about these issues about human capital. And then when the announcement is made, there will be another drop in the stock price. And if you look at the evolution of the CAC 40 from the moment the announcement is made, and today CAC 40 is stable plus a little bit positive. And what about teleperformance? Minus 30%. So it is the same story as Concentrics. The market reaction is very negative. Now, what is the reason why the market is very negatively reacting to these two operations? It's always very difficult to try to find out the reason why a number of people negatively reacted, because you cannot interview them. There might be an explanation which deserves a detour to the balance sheet of these two companies. We're not going to have a look at the equity and liabilities, but at the asset side of the balance sheet. Let's first have a look at Concentrix Corporation's balance sheet when they close the account 
the 30th of November 2022. The total assets about $6.7 billion. Now, $3.9 billion are represented by two assets. One is goodwill for 2.9. The other one is intangible assets, net of accumulated amortization for about a billion. 2.9 plus 1 is $3.9 billion, which represents 58% of the total assets. So basically, it's about the roots and the economic assets of the company. If you look at teleperformance, it's not exactly the same figures, but it's quite the same rationality. Total balance at the end of December 2022, 8.8, 8.9 billion euros. And 4.5 billion euros consist in goodwill for about 3.2 and other intangible assets, which is about 1.3. The sum is 4.8 and it's a bit more than 50% of the total assets. Now, where do these fixed intangible assets come from? They come from external growth. When you buy a company and you control the company, you fully integrate the accounts. Then you pay the enterprise value and you integrate the net book values. Very often there is a gap because the value of a company is much more than the net book value. You have to explain the gap. And the gap is, for example, customers, brands, uh, the quality of the contract you have signed with your customers, which is very likely what explains the intangible assets which you show in the balance sheet of Concentrics and Teleperformance. So intangibles or other intangibles about customers, customer contract, market share. When part of the purchasing price, the acquisition price, the enterprise value cannot be allocated to a specifically identified asset, it means that there is something which is a quality of the organization, the talents, the people, the human capital there, which really has value. So goodwill is very much about people. So you understand that the two pillars of the economic value of these companies are their customers on the one hand, their people and talent on the other hand. So the economic challenges for any company on the planet, including and probably more important for concentrics and teleperformance is to attract and retain customers, is to attract and retain talent. The problem is what? The problem is that these assets are extremely volatile assets. If the customers are not happy with the quality of execution on your side, they are not going to renew the contract. If people are not happy with the new environment in which they are working, they are leaving and they will get a job somewhere else. And you know the challenge today of attracting and certainly retaining good people inside the organizations. So most of the assets, economic assets of these two companies are made of extremely volatile contracts and people. Now, it might be an explanation for the evolution of the stock price because both Concentrics and Teleperformance, they want to grow and they want to show nice growth. Years ago, it was about organic growth. But today, the organic growth is slowing down. It's a bit weak. Now, if you want to show some growth to your investors, you have to replace this weak, soft organic growth by something which is a bit more rough and accelerating, external growth. But when you replace organic growth by 
external growth, it's maybe not that good news. In September 2021, I produced a film which was about Mercado Libre. We are in Latin America, and Mercado Libre is demonstrating that it's much better than Amazon locally. Interestingly, at the very beginning of the story, there are two competitors. One is Mercado Libre, whose strategy is definitely to attract customers. Organic growth. The clients are going to select Mercado Libre because we are better than our competitors. There's another competitor which decides to grow through external growth. So you buy the customers. You don't attract them. And who is going to be the winner? Mercado Libre, which interestingly is going to, in the end, eventually buy its competitor. What's very interesting in this story is that the motto of Mercado Libre is we want to attract the customers. They have to select Mercado Libre. They are not going to select Mercado Libre because they selected somebody else which has been acquired by Mercado Libre. I'm not going to tell you that this conclusion is valid for any industry at any moment in the history. But it seems that for a number of businesses, attracting customers, attracting people, people who are happy to work within the company, is probably a bit more performing and a little bit more sustainable than acquiring the clients and acquiring the talents. Because at the end of the day, you are not the owner of your clients. You are not the owner of your people. They decide or not to work with you. They are volatile and they are the value of the company. So probably the good news is to attract them more than to buy them. Thank you very much.